Good morning and welcome to the Cycle 365. I am your co-host Cody Stoffer, and I'm your other co-host Simon Villanos. And we're here to talk sports and do a little bit of analysis, right Simon? Yes sir, let's do it. All right. So, we're going to start off since this is the pilot episode with just some <laughs> introductions. I'm Cody Stoffer. I am a junior at the University of Northern Colorado. My name is Simon Villanos, and I am a senior at UNC, and I'm a proud PE major. Anyways, and we also wanted to talk a little bit about our experience in sport and then some stories or memories involving sport that are dear to us. So you kind of have an inside look on what kind of fans we are and the things that pique our interest. I personally played football for seven years from middle school to the end of high school, playing in the early stages linebacker and eventually playing wide out through all of high school. It was a fun experience and also played a little bit of baseball somewhere in there, some cross country and track and field were my particular sports that I play. Nice. Uh, so for me, <laughs> I played a lot of sports growing up. But really, football was the main one because I grew up in Texas. After that, basketball and track were like huge off-season sports for me. And then since I think around the age of six or seven, I've been boxing. So I've been training, doing all that stuff, sparring, and I've just been doing that for as long as I can remember. Simon, so, mean, quick question. What's one of your favorite personal sports memories? So involving Ooh. you as an individual in sport, whether you were playing, coaching, something like that but not spectating. Okay, so not spectating. Dang, that's hard. That's hard because I feel like for every athlete, it's hard to pick out that one like great sports memory, especially if they've been playing multiple sports. But I, honestly, I'll have to go with football. I think it was like in middle school. And, you know, in Texas, like no matter what level of football, it means a lot. You know, it could be peewee, it could be middle school, it could be high school, it could be even seven on seven in the spring. But people want to win no matter what. And like naturally, as you play against other like opponents, like natural rivalries just build up. So I remember it was the eighth grade. Ah, what was it? Rival middle school of uh, my middle school. Oh yeah, because you guys actually have rivalries in middle school football in Texas. <laughs> hey, we did, we did. They were rivals when my brother went there, and he's nine years older than me. So this rivalry has been going on for a really long time. And I, can I name drop? Is that okay? Go for it. I bet. All right, y'all, y'all know what it is. So I was a Carpenter Cowboy down in Plano, Texas. <laughs> and uh, we played against, I, I don't even know what their mascot is. I just know their name is Hendrick. And they were, like, supposed to be way more bougie than us, but we lived in the same area, and we were, like, the poor kids. Well, it was, it was crazy, but we've always hated them. And, like, between football, basketball, and track, we've always went back and forth, and that's, like, a historical thing, and it's still that way today. I remember in that first game, like, it was so hyped up because we we've been the trash team for almost 10 years. Like, we haven't had a winning season basically since my older brother was in middle school. That's tough. So we were, we were trying to change that dynamic, and we had a new head coach and everything. So I just remember that first that whole first game. That was a great memory because right off the bat, we brought back the returning kick for a touchdown, and then that game I got, like, six sacks, and, like, it was crazy, and we were just whooping on him. And we beat them, like, 50-0 to zero, pretty much. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season, and, like, the whole school was hyped, and our, like, fan section was going wild <laughs> with those cowboys. Like, you know oh, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was. It set the tone for real for the season. So that that's honestly my favorite personal sports memory so yeah that's a solid one that's yeah. a solid one what about you see i also have to go with football but this one takes place in high school and it takes place all the way out in grand junction it's such <laughs> it's such a long bus trip it's it's like four to five hours from anywhere yeah yeah and we were coming from centennial i went to arapa and we were facing against grand junction and when you take a bus trip that that that's that long, you do not want to lose and take that bus trip back. Facts. Because, well, there's no talking on the bus after a loss, right? There's no <laughs> having fun. You just lost, yeah. all right? Wallow. You got to be sad or upset. You're not allowed to enjoy yourself. So we really wanted to win this game. And I played all across the field from slot receiver to the X to the Z. But I primarily played X at slot. 
but the Z receiver was having a tough day, had a couple drops, ran a couple <laughs> wrong routes. They're like, Cody, can you play Z? It's like, all right, all right, we're running a hitch and go on the first play. I was like, oh, all right, let's get it. So, because we'd already ran the sprint quick hitch multiple times. Right. And I looked at this kid across from me, I was like, oh no, he's so done. He doesn't know it yet, but he's done. So I come out, I really plant that fake hitch step, and he bites so hard, he flies past me, and I'm all by myself. 40 yards later, good times, good times. And we won that game, got some Jimmy Johns afterwards, Ooh. and, you know, had a fun ride back. Well, as fun as a ride back from Grand Junction can be anyway. <laughs> Wait, hold up. So did Coach pay for the Jimmy Johns, or did all y'all have to pay for yourself? We didn't have to pay for ourselves. We had food. I don't know where oh, it came from, oh, but okay. I didn't spend any money out of pocket, <laughs> so I wasn't too upset about it. Hey, that's the best, though. That's the best. Yeah, so victory sandwiches, victory ride back. I mean, with some victory naps, you know, all good times on the way back from Grand Junction. Very solid memory in high school football and football in general so okay nice now what's your favorite spectating sports memory this could be a live event this could be watching it on tv but as a sports fan what is your favorite memory because that becomes a little bit different with the emotion that is invested into a spectating role versus a player role yeah i really all right, so I'm really having to think about this because I'm from Dallas. So obviously I'm a Mavericks fan. So when we won it in 2011, that was a big deal. But that's that's a close second because I really think there's nothing like a live sports experience to really get you going and make that memory. So we go to the University of Northern Colorado. They're a D1 school, but, you know, lower D1. So FCS, right? I think we're in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the Big Sky Conference. And I know some guys on the basketball team, so that's another reason why this is a big memory for me. But our basketball team is pretty good, our, both of them, men's and women's. We've, we're honestly, in my opinion, the best men's college basketball team in Colorado, at least. And we yeah. have a lot of potential. I, I was a freshman, so this was a couple of years ago. But we didn't make the NCAA tournament because we barely lost out to Montana, who is really our only roadblock up to now, and it's like three years later still. So we're still hoping to get over it, and I think we will. We didn't make it, but we make it to we made it to one of those secondary. What is it? Postseason it, tournaments. It, it was it was another bracket. It was the N N I T. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So it, as opposed to the big one, we still made it to another postseason bracket. Yeah, yeah. It's or like C I T C I T. Oh yeah, That's it was the C I T. It was the C I T. Not even there's, the N I T. There's a couple of them, so. It's easy to get mixed up and jumbled about it. Yeah, but you know, it was it was kind of a big deal because there are other schools that were kind of at our level, like lower Division One, right? There are no D two schools, obviously. So lower Division One. Luckily, our college got to host the thing, so it was already a big deal, and our team made it all the way to the championship. And I remember I didn't go to any of the other games, but this one because I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think we were going to make it that far because I haven't been following the team as much. We made it there and, you know, we set all these records because everyone else had the same idea and the place was packed. Like, we we broke the record for the most people, like, in that stadium ever. I forgot what it was, but it was in the thousands for sure. And it was crazy and the student section was popping off and, like, we had all these chants that literally I've never heard before <laughs> earlier in the season or in any of the other sports seasons, like in football. They were, they were going off and I remember our professors, <laughs> they, they were at the game and some of the stuff they heard definitely disappointed them. <laughs> but, hey, you have to be that rabid fan base, in my opinion, to really get that win. And it was a close game. Like, we went up big and then... They came back real fast, and then it just kind of stayed there for a while. And honestly, like, the memory I re remember most from that game, there was, like, 40 seconds left. We were inbounding it. I think we were up by three. And, like, basketball-wise, it may not have been the smartest play, but it was because it got everyone so hyped. So, you know, everyone was cheering, like, UNC, UNC. And basically, the center, like, took off down court, and the guy inbounding it just, like, chucked it 
all the way down. Like, just imagine, like, a Hail Mary pass, and it was right on the money. He caught it, and, like, the defense was all behind him, and he just took, like, two or three dribbles, and then he slammed the basketball as hard as he could, and the whole stadium went wild, and, like, you couldn't hear anything for the next couple minutes. Called game. <laughs> oh, yeah, basically, and we were up by five. There was still, like, 30 seconds left, so they had a chance, and, like, the other team was shook. And they literally, like, forced a three, and then that's how we won, and we stormed the court, and that had to be my favorite memory, like, hands down. Favorite, like, college memory, even, and, like, life memory as well. So that was my favorite sports memory, really, ever. What about yours? My favorite memory as a spectator, I mean, like you said, going to a live event is one thing. Yes. So I remember back when I was, I want to say it was 2007, maybe 2006, it was a Broncos Bengals game on Christmas Eve. And I went with my dad and it it was snowing out and it was really cold and it was a slow game. Jay Cutler was still on the team just for like a benchmark on how long ago this was <laughs> and Carson Palmer was still playing for the Bengals. So okay. way throwback and we sat next to this really nice Bengals fan who bought me this Rod Smith poster which was dope as heck because Rod Smith was my favorite player at the time. If you don't know who Rod Smith is for the Denver Broncos, look him up. Greatest undrafted player of all time, in my <laughs> opinion. But anyways, it was a back-and-forth game, back-and-forth. We we were winning 24-17, to and the Bengals scored with about a minute left. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. Like They're going to kick the PAT, and we're going to get tied. But the snap was a little high, and the guy who holds the ball in place... The ball slipped out of his hands, and the Bengals didn't get the extra point attempt, and we won by one freaking <laughs> point. And I remember just partying on the light rail on the way back, and just kid. having a good old time. And, <laughs> like, even my dad was celebrating, because he's not normally a Broncos fan, but because he took me to the game, it was my first Broncos game ever, right. was another part that made it so magical. It's just a crazy environment, and the way that we won was hilarious, in my opinion, that... It came down to the bungalows bungling it up. You know what I'm saying? Hey, as a Steelers fan, that makes me very happy. I hate the Bengals. I hate them. Uh, so was this a playoff game or was this regular season? Regular season. Okay. Second to last game. That's yeah, right. second to last game of the season being that, you know, it was Christmas Eve. Right. And then obviously the Broncos winning the Super Bowl is my favorite event that I've ever seen on TV because <sighs> nothing beats it, man. Von Miller just absolutely owning Cam Newton that entire game. True. And DeMarcus Ware, oh, that defense was so fun to watch. And C.J. Anderson, I remember I wanted to get a C.J. Anderson jersey just because he popped off that game. <laughs> and Peyton Manning riding out on top. You can't beat that. I was celebrating for the rest of the school year after that win. That's a good one. That's a good one for sure, though. That does it for the opening segment of the Cycle 365. Simon, what are some of the handles for the Cycle? That Where can you find the Cycle on social media? All right, so on Twitter... It's just the cycle is 365, no spaces or anything like that, or underscores. On Instagram, it's the underscore cycle underscore 365. And then you can find us on Facebook as well. I think it's just as the cycle. Uh, we have a blue logo, basically, with some white lettering inside if you don't know what it is. so. And you, from there, you'll be able to find who all is a part of this. We'll be having a website up soon. Mm -hmm. where you will find hopefully these podcasts, some YouTube videos as well as some articles and stuff like that. But we're excited for this journey in sports media and we're excited for anyone who wants to jump on. For sure, yeah. Welcome back to the Cycle 365 podcast. I'm your co-host Cody Stoffer here with your other co-host Simon Villanos and we got some NCAA football on tap right now right Simon yep so let's do this thing all right so looking at the top 25 currently we're gonna do this thing where we talk about the top four and then talk about two teams that we think could potentially enter the top four by season's end correct yep all right so we got Clemson at number one for the first time ever and this is the AP top 25 preseason poll as well as Bama at two, Georgia at three, and Oklahoma at yeah. four. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this top four, and which teams 
if you're going to bring in two new teams, which two teams do you think are going to stay in this top four? Ooh. Wait, which two teams will stay in the top four? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to go a little bit safe here. But for sure, Clemson, nobody really talks about how weak the ACC is. Really think about who's in the ACC and who's good. Because since Lamar Jackson played, Clemson has had no competition. So they're gonna play. They're gonna play. You know, some good teams outside of their conference. I'm pretty sure they have some SEC teams. But after that, really, they they have an easy schedule. So I think Clemson will make it for sure. Despite right. losing some uh, people, right? Mm-hmm. Their entire defensive line. Yeah. <laughs> draft. But I think offensively, they're they're too good. So they're too good to not make it. And so I think they will. And then after that. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little bit, you know, off <clears throat> off the script right here. But I think I think Georgia is another team that will make it in. Oh, Georgia over Bama? Yeah, yeah. Here, let me go on a little rant real quick. Actually, this is the perfect time. What better time than on the show, baby? Exactly. <laughs> so people who know me, for like in college, right? And they know my sports preferences. They know that I love Tua Tagovailoa. Like, I've been watching this kid since high school, since he was, like, a junior, and I think he's a stud. I think he's great. And then when he won the national championship, I was, like, going off. Like, dude, he's he was the truth. But, you know, after the season, I'm really not so sure. I still like him as a person and as a player, but, you know, there's the injuries, and then there's the fact that he really hasn't played a full, like, huge game yet. Man, even that conference championship against Georgia, Jalen Hurts had to come in and play a bit of that. And, like, with the same with the national championship, Jalen Hurts played the first half of that. So, I think this is a big proving year. In my opinion, I really like Jake Fromm. And it, I, I've liked him just as much as Tua, honestly. But I haven't talked about him as much. He was on that one show. I don't know if you've watched it, Cody. But it's called QB1. It's on Netflix right now. Okay, I, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it personally. It's it's a good one. I just finished the third season they uh, featured Spencer Rather, the number one quarterback out of Arizona, mm-hmm. Nick Scalzo, some, you know, three-star guy that's going to Kentucky. Uh, he plays in Florida, I think. And then Lance Lejean from Louisiana, I believe he's going to Maryland. He did commit to Kansas, then decommit. So anyways, it's that's a great tough show. For Kansas. Well, they'll be okay. Well, nah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. They got yeah. basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah. But for real, though, that kid, Lance Lejean, he was probably my favorite quarterback. Anyways, that's not the point. So, Jake Fromm on QB1 was one of my favorite quarterbacks. Honestly, he just seems like a down-to-earth nice guy. And then he's he's a baller for sure. You know, when he, when he goes into those games like and he gets sacked, he, <laughs> oh, man, he doesn't really get frustrated or rattled. He's all like, oh, man. Gosh darn it. <laughs> you know, he's from Georgia, so you know what it is. Like, gosh darn it. And then he'll get up and then throw like a 50-yard touchdown after that. <laughs> he's he's the real deal. And I really like Jake Fromm. And a lot of people have been disrespecting him. But I think he's going to be motivated. He, Man, he's, he's just such a good quarterback. And just his character, like, I like it a lot. And I think it speaks a lot. Not that Tua doesn't have great character. But Jake Fromm has really not been hurt ever. So I'm picking Georgia right there. What about you? Okay, well, I've been kind of looking at some of these schedules, and I'm actually going to put... I'm going to keep Clemson in the top four to make it, because there's no one on their schedule that really jumps out to me as a threat. Right. I mean, they don't face a single top ten team all season. The only ranked opponents that they have on the schedule right now is Texas A&M the second week, and Syracuse... After that, which Syracuse, you know, they could potentially be a challenge to them. But like you said, the ACC, like UNC isn't ranked. Florida State isn't ranked. And they're not going to be. No. You know, they're not going to be ranked teams. Louisville isn't going to be ranked. So they, it's on Clemson if they don't make the Final Four. Because they should go undefeated this season. Easily, yeah. That's that's my opinion. And then I'm going to actually pick Oklahoma to also make finish in the top four now i know that that comes off a little biased but also looking at their schedule you know it's not an sec schedule like georgia or bama are facing georgia and bama i feel like are going to lose games this year okay and you know they don't face each other in the regular season but once again if 
one of them won't make it if they end up playing each other in the SEC championship, more than likely. Right, yeah. Especially if they each have one loss apiece. I mean, Georgia has to face off against Florida this year, yeah. and they got to face off against Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're both top-ranked top 10 teams right now at the beginning of the season. Well, you know, preseason and, top. And, and they face Texas A&M as well and Auburn. You know, and Auburn's always been a bit of a scrappy team in the SEC. Right. And then you have... Bama, who has, you know, they have to face off against LSU, who is a top 10 team right now in Texas A&M. And, you know, a lot of these teams face Texas A&M, and Texas isn't going to lose all 10 games this year. So something's got to give against one of these top four teams. And they finish the season against Auburn as well. So the competition is just so different. And, you know, going undefeated helps your chances more than losing two or three games in a tougher schedule and the only huge challenge that i see oklahoma having this year is texas and i'm not too worried about it okay if i'm being completely honest okay i am worried about it but like <laughs> it is it is in oh it is in texas that is a bit concerning but i'm not as concerned for oklahoma winning the rest of these games as i am for georgia or bama to win the rest of these games if that makes sense that's fair okay yeah that's fair okay. so what are what are the two teams that you see pushing into the top four. Ooh. All right. So, I mean, obviously, these are all hypotheticals. Like, <laughs> you know, one of these teams will probably make it. The other one, eh, not so much. So, let's see. So, here, I'm going to go with the one that you just mentioned because I think that's a good segue. Texas. I think they could easily make it in. Honestly, I do think whoever wins the Big 12 will make it in. It kind of came down to that last year and some of the other years. Well, not really some of the other years, but mostly last year. So I think it will be a repeat of that. They'll pro Whoever wins this regular season game probably won't matter as much as whoever wins the conference championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So honestly, I think it will come down to the conference championship, right? But, I, you know, I'm a, I, I'll admit I'm a little bit biased because I've been a Texas fan like forever, right? I grew up in Dallas. But I really do think that Tom Herman, Sam Ellinger, and this Texas team can, like, will themselves into the playoffs. I'll be real. Like, they're not the most talented. I'll give them that. They have some talent, though. So let, let's start with Sam Ellinger, the quarterback, right? He finished outside the Heisman voting. He was a Heisman candidate, but he's a good player. He's such a good player. I think he would take a really big step this next year. He's giving off real Tim Tebow vibes as a leader. Uh, of the team, you know, and as a player. I think he's somebody who could literally will a team, you know, into the playoffs at least. And then once you're in the playoffs, really anything could happen. He opened up as plus 1,500 odds to win the Heisman, which is the Ooh. seventh best. What? In Vegas right now. Sam Allinger, yeah. He's just behind Jake Fromm. Okay, well, I'll give him that. I'm, like, but, trying to see who else is on here. Well, well I'm, just, I'm, I'm just adding on a note about Sam Allinger. Okay, all right, fair. But yeah, so I believe in Sam Ellinger. I think he could. He's going to take. A, he's going to have to take another step if they're going to want to get into the playoffs, which I think they can. Probably like as the four seed though, but I think they can. And then on the other side of the ball, they have two rising sophomores, true sophomores, in uh, B.J. Foster and Caden Stearns. Both of them played safety. They both played last year, and they did pretty well for pretty much like teenagers, right? So this year they got another year under their belt. They're ready to go. They're special players, trust me. They're both from Texas. <laughs> I got to watch them both in high school, and they're great players. And I think they'll take that Texas defense to the next level. And honestly, if I'm just being real, I think they might edge that Oklahoma defense to a degree. Not because they have experience, because they have talent. Like, these, these guys are both five-star guys, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure, as well. So I think Texas can make it in. Here, before I say my second team, how about you go? How about you choose a team? Okay, I'd say that my first team would be Oregon. Okay. Uh, kind of talking about, you know, diversity from the conferences. I see Oregon as the favorite out of the Pac-12. Okay. They do start off pretty rough by opening the season in Auburn. But after that, it starts to mellow out a little bit. And I mean, their biggest challenge is Washington and Washington State. But Oregon's got a new defensive coordinator from Boise State. Right. And he's going to change up that defense a little bit. And I see that making a huge difference because 
their offense is fine, especially with their quarterback returning from last year. They're mm-hmm. going to be able to put up points. You and I, we've talked about this. Yeah. And I feel like a change of pace and a new scheme is what they've needed on defense. And this is a defense that's going to be a bit more aggressive, you know, and it they can kind of play with their in with their ears pinned back. You know what I'm saying? I feel like right. allowing the players to play like that. And you mentioned that they even got a really highly toted recruit just this last class. They did. Kayvon Thibodeau. And, you know, with that influx of talent and new change of pace and defensive coordinator, I feel like they could definitely make a push for the top four. Right. Because their offense is definitely top four worthy. And, like, the Oregon offense can hang with the Clemson offense, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma. It yeah. can hang with any of those offenses easily. And I feel like their defense is ready to take that next step. They had a lot of young guys last year, I feel like. And just another year, you know, getting used to, like, the college football environment, first and foremost, is one thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with that under their belt, along with this new defensive coordinator, has inspired a lot of confidence. And they've even changed up little things like the dieting in the locker room. And these <laughs> these linebackers are getting a lot bigger and they're more lean at the same time. They're not sacrificing speed right. while getting bigger. And I feel like that's going to be a huge addition for that Oregon team to okay. make a push for the top four. All right, all right. Who's your, who's your other surprise team to make the top four? I wouldn't say surprise. I mean... Well, you're right, because Texas is 10 and Oregon's 11, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. they're still ranked. Right. Uh, this is just me, but I really don't think anybody outside of the top 15 will make it, like, make into the college football playoffs. Like, I think they might have a chance, but it'll be more luck than anything. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick a fairly safe one. A lot of people have picked this team just because, you know two SEC teams, or really two teams from the same conference won't make it into the top four, you know, more or less, right? Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with Ohio State. They're literally right outside at number five. But here's here's the thing with Ohio State. Is that Urban Meyer isn't there? Yeah, okay, well, Urban Meyer isn't there. I almost forgot about that. I do like Ryan Day, though. He's been their OC for a while, right? Mm-hmm. He he's recruited well. They still have a lot of talent there, like you know Urban Meyer's talent. But the talent is still there. They got a great defensive end in Chase Young. He's supposed to take over for Bosa. They got you know the transfer quarterback, another guy from QB one, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is somebody that I'm kind of worried about because there's no doubt that this Ohio State team is talented. But with Justin Fields, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the starter, right? I just don't believe in him. <laughs> I really don't. And it's not because I think he's a bad player because obviously he was like, you know, the, one of the top quarterbacks in the country just a couple years ago. The top dual threat quarterback, in fact. But I just, I don't know. I don't know where his mentality is at, honestly. And here's some, like, I don't want to look too deep into QB1 because I know I brought it up. But I like Jake Fromm, right? And then Justin Fields came into the second season there's just something about him that, like, mentally, that I was like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, with Jake Fromm, I'm like, all right, this is my guy. Like, this is somebody who, who could go in, play his heart out. With Justin Fields, you know, just watching him play, and then sometimes he just wouldn't make the right player, and mentally he'd get shook and all that. Like, it just, it, did, it rubbed me wrong, obviously, more than not, because it's been a couple years since, it's been like a year since I've seen that season of QB1 and it still rubs me wrong how like I just didn't like him I thought he was a great player but like mentally and character wise I don't know where he's at he's still a young guy too like he's a he's a true sophomore I believe right so he has three more years but I just don't think this year you know they'll make it in because of his talent they'll make it in because they're a talented team but I could definitely see Justin Fields be the guy that holds them back a little bit or he might be the guy that gets them in. Either way, in the conference they play, there's really no real threats. Like, you kind of got Michigan, but I'll be honest, I've kind of ridden them off. See, I think it's funny that you bring that up because I have Michigan as my Ooh. team to jump into the top four because right. of Urban Meyer's absence. I feel like Urban Meyer, more than, you know, they've had a couple of humps the past few years. They got that punt that got blocked by Michigan State that ruined their season and they Dang. haven't been able to beat Ohio State with all the chips on the table including the throttling that they experienced last year. True. 
but I feel like I feel like this Michigan team is ready to take a step forward and it's because of it's not because of the Michigan team itself I guess you know this team is consistently ranked in the top 20 you know they find themselves sure. in the top 10 and they're competing for the conference championship basically every year right yeah but they can't get over Ohio State and I think that True. the opportunity is now for Michigan to make that leap to you know, take advantage of Ryan Day being a brand new head coach. I mean, Ryan Day, you know, like you said, he was the offensive coordinator last year and he was the quarterback's coach back in 2017. Right. He's worked with Chip Kelly, you know. He knows how to run an offense, but I want to see what he does with the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he's probably not going to be calling plays for them, but I wonder how that's going to affect him. Like you said, you know, Justin Fields, what does he do with that quarterback, you know, and how will it work in the system? I mean, Justin Fields, I feel like it's going to play lights out this year. Okay. But when it comes to the championship, will Jim Harbaugh, you know, and his experience be able to overcome the Justin Fields phenomena that is happening at the time? And, you know, what will Michigan be able to do to counter that? And I feel like now is a good time as any for Michigan to make that leap. And if they win... They got a really tough schedule this year. I'm not saying that it's light, right. but you need a representative from that conference to make it into the t- top four, basically, by by season's end in the college football playoff. And I feel like now is the time because of Ohio State. I'm not convinced of Ohio State, and I'm not sure what to think of Ryan Day quite yet. Okay, that's fair. I mean, like, yeah, that's that's fair. I think Ryan Day... He's a great OC. He's a great offensive guy, and I'm pretty oh, sure he'll absolutely. be calling the plays, right? So he'll be calling the plays for them. I think this offense will definitely be, like, productive, efficient. Eh, well, we'll see. It, like I said, it's all on Justin Fields. Like, I don't doubt Ryan Day as much as I doubt Justin Fields. Like, he's a talent, but he's a raw talent. He's somebody that you kind of got to throw in there and then just, you know, Hope he figures it out eventually mentally. Yeah, and there's there's you know. like no rush also for Justin Fields to, like he's no, not expected no. to win a college football playoff in his first year at Ohio State, so like he can round into shape by next year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, Ohio State fans, y'all y'all want to at least make it in because let's be honest, this team is talented. They have as much, maybe not as much talent as like a Clemson or Alabama, or Georgia. But they probably have just as much as an Oklahoma or a Texas or any other like four seed that will make it in. Like they're, I think they're legit. But like I said, it comes down to Justin Fields. There's a lot of question marks on Ohio State right, right. now with the yeah. quarterback and the coach. Right. Is there's but, uncertainty. It's not like oh, it's an Urban Meyer team. True. Oh, it's a because I bet you even if even with Justin Fields there, I bet you if Urban Meyer was there, you might feel a little bit better about it. Ah. I really don't know. Uh, I just, uh, man, I sound like such a hater on Justin Fields, but I really don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know about this guy. Really, like, I, he's he's a young guy. I'll give him that. So he has a lot of time. But if we're talking about this season, I really don't know. They might, they might look great one week, and then they'll look terrible the next week, and that's probably the one loss they'll have because they always do that, right? But. Here, let's come back to Michigan, though, because I'm iffy on Ohio State as it is, but with Michigan, I'm a lot more iffy because they lost a lot of defensive players. Mm-hmm. Devin Bush, Chase Winovich, and those were great guys. Yeah, they lost talent to the draft for sure. Yeah, and then, you know, Jim Harbaugh, I like him as a coach, but man, like when it comes to the big game, as in the Ohio State game, he just hasn't performed. His players haven't performed, and... Let me ask you this. <clears throat> if they don't make it into the college football play- playoffs, is Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat? He should be. Okay. They're, they're paying him college football <clears throat> playoff money. Facts. But we can leave that to the audience. to dis- We, we want to hear the fans' feedback. Ooh. And, you know, you can find the cycle on Twitter, and you can give us your thoughts on the Harbaugh thing. Uh, we'll tweet that right after the show, even. Yeah. And respond. If Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat, should Michigan not make the college football playoff? Yep. Does that include if they make top 10 ranking? You think he should still be on the hot seat? Because that is a big deal. <clears throat> I mean, 
Should he be on the hot seat if they don't make it or if they do? If they do make top 10. Okay. If they do make the top 10, yeah, I think he should be on the hot seat because, I mean, you know, you don't bring in a coach like that wanting to make just the top 10. You bring in a coach hoping to contend every year, right? Yeah. Coming up, XFL reactions. Ooh. Welcome back to The Cycle 365. I'm your co-host, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos. And we're going to be checking out the XFL names and logos. And for those who don't know, the XFL is the Extreme Football League. <laughs> with the, Brought to you by the same people who brought, brought you WWE. And this is the league's second attempt yes. at... Being a functioning league, they were... The reboot. They were a league back in... what? When was the last time the XFL was a thing? Like, pretty sure it was early like the 2000s, early 2000s. Right? Yeah. But it only lasted like one or two seasons. Yeah, it was wild. So, <laughs> and they've changed some things up. The If you're an ex-convict, you can't play anymore, I don't think. I think they made that rule because they had a bunch Damn. of ex-cons which is pretty rough. <laughs> so not only can they not vote, but they also can't play in the XFL. So, Oof. but there's, oh, let's see. Official website of the XFL. Ooh. It's just XFL.com. And for those who haven't seen it, there's a video from YouTube. You'll, you can find it on our social media sites. We'll make sure to retweet and post that so you can take a look at it. Oh, first quarterback sign with the XFL is Landry Jones. <laughs> Good luck with that. As a, I can tell you as an OU fan that I don't know how that's going to work out for you. As a Steelers fan, he's the most boring quarterback to watch. Oh, ever. man. Ever. So, all right. Well, Simon, what are your thoughts on some of these teams? I guess we'll kind of okay. talk about one team and their logo and then go on to the next one. I have the logos pulled up. You have the names pulled up. I do. What, what do we got? Okay. Uh, here, how about let's go... I'll go with my favorite logo, actually. And I'm biased, as always, as most people are. But... <laughs> you be saying that a lot, though. <laughs> I do. But, you know, you gotta acknowledge it, because it makes you legit. <laughs> Anyways, so the Dallas Renegades. My favorite logo and name. First off, I feel like it fits very well. Also, in the video that they do, it's like it's so dramatic when they like announce these names and logos. Yeah, I said that <laughs> it was like a Ford commercial. It was I'm, like grit, sweat, iron, iron. Yeah, <laughs> that like movie voice, yeah. which made it. I thought it was funny, but like you know, for some people it works. That they have, they have a thing for the drama in that WWE XFL circle. Oh, yeah. So. You could feel the masculinity in every one of those trailers. <laughs> if you can't feel the masculinity, then I don't know what's oh, up with you. It don't matter no. who you are. I'm, hey, I'm being <laughs> honest. I'm being honest. You could feel the masculinity. Oh, like they, man. Like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. <laughs> you feel the masculinity. Oh, yeah. That's a good way of describing how those commercials went. I know. They really want that testosterone, like... You know, pumping, no matter who you are. Man or woman. Man or woman. Child or adult. Exactly. Even your senior citizen. Get oh, it pumping yeah. again. But yeah, the Dallas Renegades, I really like that name. It reminds me kind of... You've watched Friday Night Tykes. You've watched it with me. Yeah. The San Antonio Outlaws. Outlaws, yeah. They're now in the Snoop League now. And they've won two national championships. Spoiler alert. Sorry. But sorry, not sorry. You could have looked it up online. That's true. They've been that show's been canceled for like three years, but it reminds me a lot of that. You know, the Dallas Renegades, San Antonio Outlaws, and I like that a lot. And the logo is really cool too. I really like the blue that they have going on. Oh, like yeah. it's a nice light blue, but the logo still looks menacing at the same time it does. because the red eyes, especially. I'm excited to see what the uniforms are gonna look like from all of these teams personally. for sure for sure um that black too looks really nice i think black and blue especially like a wider blue always looks really well like you can't go wrong with that ideally 
but it should look pretty nice. Yeah, it, and even if black is the primary, it still works out most of the time. It always so. does. It always does. So what about you? So I have to say, just looking at these logos, the St. Louis team, refresh me on their name, the Battle Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> I, it kind of has like a... Uh, the blue and white, you know, that's another color scheme that you really can't go wrong with. Right. And it kind of has like an Air Force vibe to me a little bit because it, it's a sword with the two wings, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that looks really nice. And I feel like, you know, it's not it's nothing too extravagant or fancy. It's a pretty simplistic design. And that's part of the reason I like it. Is it it's simple, but it works. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind fair. That's fair. A lot of these logos are actually really cool because some people... Hey, I'd be looking on social media, and some people would be trashing it and be talking like, oh, they look like create a franchise Madden logos. <laughs> or, you know, the or Team Builder in NCAA 14 or any of the NCAA games. Like, Rest in peace. Yeah, rip. They should be <laughs> those back. But they they just be roasting it like, oh, it looks so generic. It sucks. But I think it looks it looks simplistic, but it's good. And a lot of these names are pretty good. There's not a lot of names that I don't like. There might be one or two. I don't yeah. like the Houston Roughnecks. Hey, agree. I agree. And like, wait, our, our buddy John tried to <laughs> advocate for it when we watched the promo. But he's like, well, the Roughnecks, you know, they're they're the ones doing all the dirty work and the and the oil drilling. And I'm just like, well, it doesn't sound like a cool football name. <laughs> it's see, it's a little bit too long. There's really only like two syllables in the name, but it's a little bit too long. And I don't, the logo, it looks, if you look close enough, it looks like the Astros logo. <laughs> oh, I thought it baseball. looked like the, I thought it looked like a, okay, now that you say that, it looks like a mi mixture of the Astros and the Oilers logo. Oh, I see it too. But now. they also, they couldn't call it the Oilers because I'm pretty sure that the Titans own the rights to any Oilers merchandise. Really? Yeah, because they're the ones who bought the Oilers. And, and moved it to Tennessee. So, How selfish. Which, yeah, that kind of stinks because the Houston Oilers in the XFL would have been cool, you know, because it would have had that classic vibe to it. Ooh, yeah, a lot of people would have watched it too. And I mean, like, that's basically what they're trying to call it is the Oilers, but without calling it the Oilers, they had to call it the Roughnecks, which is rough. Oh, I just don't like that. Like, it just doesn't sound cool to me because if you got to explain the history of a team name... Or of a, you know, of a people, like, and you have to explain it for more than five minutes, it's not worth it. Ooh, or cool. Oil culture. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oil Stupid. culture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's see. One, what about you? What's probably your least favorite? I remember oh, least you kind of said that you weren't a huge fan of the Washington. Yeah. Well, what? the Washington Defenders. Oh my God. The, okay. The Defenders isn't a bad name. They, they could do worse. They could be yeah. the Roughnecks. That's true. See, maybe it's because I don't like the Defenders name because I watched the trailer and we were kind of led on to believe like, oh, the military, like the armed services and all that, right? Like if they did something more, I guess, military based, like, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Maybe like the SEALs. The SEALs? Oh, you know, oh, like, like, like Navy the, seals. <laughs> I was like seals. That's an animal, Cody. Y yeah, <laughs> I know. Bro, I mean, <laughs> so I'm Marines? out here undermining my intelligence well, right now. Okay, hold, well, I was thinking more like like the Washington Marines. I, I think that might be. They can't do that. I don't think they could do that. But it's I think Washington, they... and that would be cool, though. The Marines. Come I mean, on, their man. logo is pretty whack. <sighs> it looks like so. Think. For all my soccer fans out there, it's is it what's what's the league? The American League here? MLS. MLS. Soccer. It looks like an MLS soccer logo. And not a good one at that. <laughs> and when I think of MLS, like they're not no offense, but they're not that great at soccer, so I I automatically look down on them, I feel. And that's just me being honest. I do. And that's how I feel about this logo and this team already. Yeah. I I also think the LA team if you look at it their logo is basically the Clippers logo yeah but without the C around it they're the Los Angeles Wildcats so you know Wildcats it's pretty hard to go wrong with that name their orange yeah. and red scheme I'm interested to see what they do with it but I don't know I'm not a huge fan of the Wildcats necessarily really either. 
That's funny because when I looked at it first earlier this week, I was all like, wow, that, that logo looks its super simple. It looks cool. And then you brought it up the other day, basically, that it was the Clippers logo. And I realized that without the C, right? Yeah, just no C around it. But still, though, like the LA, like the LA is the exact same, essentially. It looks cool to me, <laughs> and maybe it's because there's a black background behind. She it. is very gorgeous to me. I, I like it for its personality. I, That's accurate. I like it for its personality. I personally think that the Vipers, ooh, looks really good. It's it's just a V, you know. It yep. kind of looks like a Madden logo, create a team, but. I yeah. feel like it looks good because it has just the right amount of yellow with the green. And you can kind of tell, like, the snake aesthetic that they're kind of going for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Vipers, that's a cool football team name. But there's, yeah. like, no football teams in high school or, like, college and definitely not professional until now that uses that name. But the Vipers, that's that's a cool name. I like that. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of it. It's original Got to get into the predatory snake section, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's clean for sure. Uh, a little bit worried about the color scheme, though. Green and yellow? Yeah, that could go bad very fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of good green and... I mean, the Packers, but... The um, Oregon. Mean, Oregon pulls up green and yellow pretty well. Yeah. Like, when they do the all green and then, like, the light yellow numbers without the outline around it... You know, when it's just, like, the matte numbers. Oh, I got Those you. look pretty sick, in my opinion. With, like, not with the super light green, but with the green that's just right in the middle, not too yeah, dark, not too light yeah, kind of yeah. thing. I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll see about it. We'll see about it. I wonder who's going to be making the, these uniforms, like, if they got Nike or Under Armour. I know the AAF, what is it, they had Starter. They did, the uniforms didn't look bad, but it's Starter, so. Yeah. If it's not a starter jacket, then. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. So another logo and team that I really like, the New York Guardians. The Guardians looks sick. Oh, I completely yeah. agree with you. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, from far away, it kind of looks like a black and gray lion <laughs> with red eyes and teeth. But So we had to watch the trailer, and it made more sense after watching the trailer, right? And the trailer was, that trailer was actually probably the best one. Oh, the Guardians trailer was fantastic. Yeah. It got me pretty hyped. Yeah, they had like all these flashes of gargoyles and stuff. And they're like, New York City. (laughs) The land, a new new territory and all that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the whole masculinity thing. They're playing into that for sure. But uh, it it looks clean. It does. And I think gray, black with the red as an accent oh, color perfect that those are going to be some if they mess up those uniforms then there's no hope because <laughs> that you cannot yeah. mess that up that's honestly that that might be the easiest uniform to make mm-hmm. to and then honest. the last team the eighth team is uh, the seattle dragons or they chose a different name i think right no they're the oh, they are the dragons, dragons. huh it doesn't look like there's kind of looks like a Loch Ness monster, but it's breathing fire. So like you get the gist of it. Loki, if you zoom out, it looks like a snake. <laughs> it looks more like a viper than the viper <laughs> yeah, logo. It looks more like a viper than the viper logo. I feel like they definitely could have done more with the logo. Like just yeah. do like an outline with like the wings. I think would have been sick. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. kind of looking... Get that Game like, of Thrones vibe going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, Iron Fist kind of looking Ooh. dragon. Yeah, but... you're right, you're right. It's all right. You know, they, they go with the classic Seattle colors, blue and green. Yeah, you know and how... with the orange accent, too. We'll see uh, how that goes. They're going to probably that look... go bad real quick. I'm trying to think. That, that does kind of come off as, like, a created team. That yeah. one in particular. But, that okay. That sucks, though. So, if we had to divide it into tiers we'd say top tier is the renegades and the guardians probably is like the top tier oh yeah and then like the second tier is probably the battle hawks and the vipers for like the logo and colors yeah yeah that's fair. third tier just the la bat wildcats team and then the bottom tier is probably the defenders the dragons and the roughnecks dude see what watch Watch the, what is it, the Dragons and the Defenders be the best teams in the league, and then the Renegades and Guardians suck. 
Yeah, that's going to stink, <laughs> especially if they have the dopest unis. I know, like... I'm going to support the oh, cause and get a uni so that they can get some more players. Yeah, hey, right now, I'm going to just say it for all of y'all, because I know, I know some of y'all like calling people out, but I'm a Renegades fan, and I'm going to say that right now. Even watch this not take off at all. Hopefully that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, Maxwell cancels after one year, like the AAF. <laughs> right, but like I'm 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 riding with the Renegades slash right. Guardians. I'm I'm riding with the Battle Hawks Ooh. because well that's cool. St. Louis is closest to Colorado, so as far as proximity goes, it makes it the most sense. Yeah, St. Louis is closer to Colorado than I mean I guess the LA Wildcats would be the next closest, but okay. All right. I don't know. It's 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 the Midwest fine. It's the for mid sure, Midwest yeah. fine. But so the draft for this, I believe, is in November. So we could definitely cover that. Yeah, and we'll we'll we might have live stream reactions and stuff like that. But yes. all right. So you got Cody Stoffer, the Battle Hawks fan, and Simon Villanos, the Renegades fan, and um, we're coming at you with one last segment talking a little bit of baseball and recent news just around the sports scene. Yes, sir. And welcome back to the last segment of the cycle. I'm your co-host, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos. And just as a reminder, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at K-O-D-E-S 8088 on Twitter. You can find me at K-O-D-E-Y-S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R on Instagram as well as Facebook. And you could follow me on my social media. I'm pretty sure on Instagram and Twitter, it's all Simon underscore Villanos, all lowercase. All right. All right, so right now we're going to talk about MLB, give you all a little bit of an update, and, uh, you know, what's going on. So take it away. All right, so, Simon, I know you're not too awfully familiar with baseball. Nope. But this is an exciting time to pay attention because there's more home runs than ever. Okay. The game is really fast-paced. People either strike out or they hit a dinger, basically, is the status of the league right now. <laughs> all right. And all right. the wild card race is really tight. So what happens is there's five teams that make the playoffs, okay. one from each division. So there's three divisions per conference. So you have the AL, which is the American League, the mm -hmm. NL, National League, and then you have... East, Central, and West. Right. So the division winner from those three, that's three of the teams, and then two teams play one wild card game, and whoever wins advances. Just one? Okay. All right. It's it's not a series. Like, it's do or die in the wild card. That's crazy. Okay. It's, it's pretty exciting. And currently, in the wild card race, there's one, two, three, four teams that are in the running for the American League. So Tampa Bay is up a half a game on the A's for the first wild card spot, and the A's and the Indians are tied for the second wild card spot right now. Okay. And the Red Sox are six and a half games out. So okay. there's still thirty or so games left, and the Red Sox schedule is looking a little tough. So they really have to try to make the playoffs, and they're the defending World Series champions as well. Right. Yeah. So you figure that they would make it. They definitely have the talent to, but. Their, one of their ace pitchers has been having a rough year, and he's just been ruled out for the season because he had to get some injections in his elbow. Oof, okay, okay. And then in the National League, we have a really close race. There's currently two, four, six, eight teams that are very plausible to... They're within 10 games of the second wildcard spot. So the Nationals currently are the highest up. They're two games ahead of the Cubs, for the first wildcard spot. Mm -hmm. And then the Mets are two games back from the Cubs. The Phillies are two and a half. The Brewers are three games. And the Diamondbacks are five and a half games back, with the Giants being six games back. So it's really tight yeah, in yeah. the NL right now. And there's still a lot of baseball to play as well. Right, 30 games, right? Yeah, 30 oh, games. Okay. okay. And it's really hard to see the Nationals not making the postseason. They've had a lot of help at the bat and at the bag but if you look at the nl central specifically you have the cardinals and the cubs who both are at 69 wins right now and then the brewers are at 66 and they were in the playoffs last year they actually are the team that eliminated the rockies 
in the... <laughs> I, I shouldn't be laughing, I'm sorry, but okay. <laughs> yeah, wow, bro, where's that Colorado support? <laughs> well, I'm not from here, so... <laughs> yeah, likely excuse, bro. So, the NL's really close, so basically, if the Cardinals fall below the Cubs, the Cardinals are still going to make the playoffs, probably, as a wildcard team. Okay. And the NL Central, depending, if the Nationals start to slip up, the NL Central could send three teams. Or, if the Mets step up over the Cubs or the Brewers, the NL East could send three teams. And it's pretty unheard of for, like, one division to send three teams. Right, yeah. So, like, kind of like football, right? Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, one team wins the division, and then the other two take the wild card slots. Okay, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's super tight this year. And the Cardinals are looking really good because in their last 10, you can see they've gone 7-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And they've been a really streaky team. I believe in the month of August, as of a couple days ago, they were 26-16, and 16, which is a really good month in baseball. But, like, the previous month, they were, like, 16-32 and 32 or something like that. Oof, okay. So they've been really streaky. So this last month of baseball into September is... Very crucial for this Cardinals team if they hope to make the playoffs. And they've been on a little bit of a drought the past couple of years. Okay. Is okay. basically where we're sitting at. So, with your lack of baseball knowledge, Let's do it. who do you think are going to be the representatives from the National League and then the American League? Because, okay, the Braves and the Dodgers are a lock. All yeah, right. Yeah. The Dodgers are one of two teams in baseball, I think. Three teams in baseball who have over 80 wins. Right. So the Dodgers and the Braves are a lock, unless you think the Nationals are going to win that division. But who do you think is going to pull out the NL Central? Because all three of these teams, the Cardinals and the Cubs have to play each other twice. Two series in the next month. One in St. Louis, one in Chicago. Series? So like multiple games, right? Yeah. So just pick one of them. I like know nothing about players and stuff in baseball. So you know we're just gonna. I I I'm just wing it, and if you and if it hits, then it hits. You know, it's like a roulette wheel. Hey, this is like a shot in the dark, literally. I'm gonna go with the Cubs. I don't know why. <laughs> like I can't explain it. You no, know, but I think I'm gonna go with. Wait, right? You said Central. Yeah, for the NL Central. So yeah, yeah. to win the division. Yeah, the Cubs winning yeah, the division. Cubs, okay. Cubs. I mean, they're right there. You can see it in the box score. Right, easily. And I mean, then the Brewers are there, but I think I'm gonna go Cubs. The Brewers have one of the harder schedules down the stretch, oh, if I really? recall correctly. So I, I personally don't think the Brewers are gonna be able to even get into the wild card. Okay. I feel like it's gonna be, like, so if you say the Cubs are gonna win the division, the Cardinals are probably gonna be a wild card team. Right, yeah, because they're so close. Yeah. Okay. And then they'll play one game against the Nationals, more than likely. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with Cubs. And then, who, do you, who are your two wildcard teams? Do you think the Cardinals are still going to make it? Or do you think that the Mets... You, I know that you saw a little bit of highlights a bit earlier. Uh, DeGrom is straight dealing, but they need more help at the bag. Because their pitching's fine, they're just not getting enough runs. But okay. that could be enough to make a postseason push at the same time. Right, yeah. So, probably Car... St. Louis Cardinals. Is that right? Yeah, the right. St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, yeah. We're learning things today, <laughs> I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. I'm going to get Simon into baseball by the time Rocktober comes around. Well, well it won't be Rocktober this exist, year. But, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, St. Louis Cardinals or, you know, the Cubs, whoever. Actually, I just said Cubs. Yeah, so St. Louis Cardinals. And then the other one... I mean, it'd have to be the Nationals, right? They're they're a really good ball club this year. It'd probably have to be the Nationals, yeah. And then, who do you think are your AL teams? So, I might be wrong, but the Indians traded for Yasiel Puig, didn't they? But is he... What's up with him? Is he even good anymore? (laughs) (laughs) I remember back in the day with the Dodgers, he was... Back in the day, like a couple years ago. Yeah, he was just traded, but he was traded to the Cincinnati Oh, whoops. Well, they're both in Ohio. Oh, but they, the, he is on the Indians, though, now. Ah, okay, there we go, yeah. So if you think he, he might be the difference maker... I think he will be, down to be the honest, stretch, so I'll pick Indians. All right, and then the Twins probably to make a I wild mean, card, or... If they don't, then... 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty tight at the top for the AL. Yeah. You know, and you can never write off Boston. Yeah, I mean, there's 30 games, so we'll we'll have to see. But I, I think I'm a I'm a kick it with the Indians right now, and then Minnesota they'll be right behind them. So. All right. So Simon learned a bit about baseball today. Trying to. <laughs> and that does it for this episode of the Cycle 365. Yes, sir. It's your co-host, Cody Stoffer. And this is your other co-host, Simon Villanos. We're signing off. Peace.